Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shims that eliminate noise for the life of the pad, rubber-coated hardware for a better fit, and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide. here on the Motor Racing Network, presented by Will Engineering, also brought to you by Hercules Tire. I'm Hannah Newhouse, joined each and every week by my co-host of Kyle Ricky as we bring you all the short track racing news across the country and internationally. This past weekend up in the Northeast, one of the biggest one-day Super Late Model shows in the country, and arguably one of the biggest Super Late Model races to win took place at the Oxford Plains Speedway. That race being the Oxford 250. It only took him about 17 tries, Kyle Ricky, but finally Cassius Clark able to capture that victory. Cool to see uh, some of the big guys also travel up north for that race. Let's not extend it. It was only 14 tries oh. for for Cassius to claim the win, but it was a great race. It always is. You know, uh, we're going to talk as this show goes on about all the super late model races across the country when we have them on in a little bit and uh, for the northeast this is the the big super late model race up here in this part of the country you mentioned the, the likes of Derek griffith who was involved in in the battle for the lead most of the race was involved bubba pollard who came up great field down a little bit from years past and i i think a lot of the the covid restrictions and the travel restrictions especially with canada um kind of contributed to the the lower car count than usual about around 60 cars participated in the heat race but uh a great event came down to the final corner to the final lap and uh, Cassius Clark finally picked up that checkered flag. Yeah, Cassius Clark got the victory over Curtis Jerry. Derek Griffith, a name we talk about a lot, came home in the third spot. Joey Doyron over Johnny Clark. And again, we talked about the big hitters that make their way up there. It's kind of one of those cool events where we see a merging of two circles of late model racing, I'll say. You know, down in the south here, you get a lot of the guys that run together very consistently, whether it be Florida, whether it be the Southern Super Series, the Cars Tour, you see a lot of those guys that just intermix. In this situation, I feel like a lot of the northern guys, they kind of just stay in their own area. That's a lot of travel to come down here to the south and race. So instead, the southern guys decided to take their try. You'd mentioned Bubba Pollard. Stephen Nassie went up there as well and, you know, tried their hands at the likes of Trevor Sanborn, Curtis Jerry, Travis Benjamin, all of those. So uh, one of the most interesting races of the year, all compiled into one day between heat races, concies, and finally that big race. We'll talk to Cassius Clark, the winner, here in just a little bit. But of course, before we do that, we've got to bring you your iRacing update presented by Logitech G. Playoffs for the E NASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing series have begun. Only three races are left in the season. As of right now, there's 10 drivers competing in the playoffs for the 2021 iRacing Championship. The second round will begin on Tuesday, September 14th at the virtual Bristol Motor Speedway. You can catch all the action and the iRacing countdown to green at enascar.com slash live. Uh, that'll start at 8.30 p.m. and the race will start at 9 p.m. Eastern on the 14th. Go to iRacing.com for all of the latest news, featured videos, and more from the world of iRacing. And this iRacing is brought to you by Logitech G. We'll take a quick break. We'll dial up Cassius Kark and talk a little bit of Oxford 250 racing here on NASCAR Coast to Coast. 
Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights. Whelan also produces white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Whelan product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on-site to meet the toughest industry certifications. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, trusted to perform since 19. 19- Gamers, start your engines. Meet the next generation of racing wheels. The award-winning Logitech G design is re-engineered to dial into your game physics, delivering unprecedented realism. Feel every shift, drift, and hairpin turn like never before. Our latest innovation in force feedback technology connects directly to end-game simulation engines and physics to produce higher fidelity, real-time responses. Through design, engineering, and the love of driving games, Logitech G takes racing simulation to another level. Go to LogitechG.com. Welcome back to NASCAR Coast to Coast here on the Motor Racing Network. Another big super late model race over the past weekend in the books, that being the Oxford 250. We're joined now by the winner of that race, Cassius Clark. First off, Cassius, your first 250 win. You've been trying at it for quite some time. What were those emotions like, you know, crossing the finish line and finally capturing that victory? Yeah, just a relief, really. Uh, I think that was uh, my 14th try, you know, so I've been at it for a while and come close many many times so to to finally uh to pull it off was uh was pretty awesome relief for you but how about for the family i mean 19 tries between you and your dad and you finally were able to get that checkered flag yeah yeah i mean i i i feel like uh you know i I wanted to win it for him you know more than i did for myself uh he came so close in 87, won the pole for a couple, you know, a couple of years. And, uh, you know, same thing as me, just kind of came short. And it seemed like uh, I was headed down the same road. But all the stars aligned uh, Sunday night and we were able to pull it off. Definitely one of the biggest races to be able to capture. A lot of big hitters made their way up there. Before we talk about that, though, uh, there was a moment where those chances maybe looked like they were going to be out the window. little contact with Eddie McDonald. Uh, I know that your car had a lot of damage to it in that moment. Were you thinking that those hopes and dreams were uh, potentially to the wayside? Yeah, I mean, there was a couple close calls like there is in, in every 250. Um, it was uh, the Oxford's got a curb on the bottom. So uh, you have to be careful that you don't go over that too much because you can you can mess your steering rack up. So I was kind of committed to the bottom and, and had to stay, you know, as close as I could to that without going over it and hoping not to take my rack out. And then obviously didn't really want to get sideswiped on the right-hand side there, but kind of sneaked through and and was able to get the lead and and hold it from there. Yeah, dramatic finish. Uh, I believe just one-tenth of a second between you and Curtis at the finish. Derek Griffith was up there most of the day. Little contact, final corner, final lap. Uh, Any concerns there coming to the checker? Uh, Yeah, I mean, you know, he was close enough to me. I kind of slowed down and and just want to protect the bottom and go slow you know just slow enough so if he did run into me it wasn't going to knock me out of the way um gave me a little boost off too i think that actually helped me a little bit uh gave me a little bump draft to go down the back you know and we uh we kind of parked it in three and four there and he he gave us another shot and kind of bounced off the curve a little bit so i gassed it up and we beat him to the line and then the rest is history 
Yeah, Curtis Gary, the 2017 winner of that race. Actually, the only time I've ever been to the Oxford 250 was when Curtis won that race. Uh, definitely cool to get to experience that. A lot of big hitters made their way up there this past weekend. You know, we saw Bubba Pollard, Steven Nassi. Uh, does it make it a little bit sweeter to get the victory when you do have some of the best, you know, super late model racers down south come up and hang out with the guys that run up north? Yeah, I think it's it's good all the way around. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, it opens their eyes up to, you know, what the competition is up, up here. Um, you know, not a lot of us go down there, you know, very often. But, you know, some of us, when we do, you know, we run decent too. So, um, yeah, you know, Bubba's been up here for four or five years. He's a, you know, he's as good as they come. Um, you know, I race with him throughout the race there. He's a, he's a good, smart racer. It's fun to, uh, you know, go through the pack with him. And, uh, you know, the other guy there in the 51, he kind of, struggle a little bit but hopefully he'll be back and uh see what he can do next year how crucial were the restarts and i asked because you said in, in a post-race interview that you spent half day practicing restarts i mean it, was that and is that a weakness of yours no i just i hadn't been in a car for a year so okay, uh, I'll do it. yeah i hadn't even, yeah i hadn't raced so um and that was a couple of weeks ago before that one so we uh we tested with my teammate austin mcdonald there running the track before uh the honey badger 150 we were able to win so yeah no every time i went out on the track you know we did some uh you know we did a bunch of uh you know tire runs there and and uh yeah just pretended each one was a was a restart before i took off just to kind of knock the rust off and uh yeah it paid off i guess <laughs> yeah definitely a big race to try and of course uh just jump right into a lot of people are aware of what the oxford 250 is you know we hear a lot about the snowball derby i'm from the west coast so we've got the winter and the summer showdowns that are the big races but for some reason i feel like the oxford 250 does not get the attention that it full deserves it's the biggest single day super late model race in the country getting in the race itself is extremely difficult. Talk about the difficulty that it takes to get through these heat races, you know, because it's not your typical format that you often see in late model racing. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, you pull a lot of a hat. I, I think we were, you know, top five and pretty much all, pra you know, practice throughout the whole weekend. And, and I think I drew like 54 or 53 out of 58 numbers, you know, so um, started towards the back of our heat, you know, the last heat race and, uh, you know, had some decent cars in it and, you know, was just able to sneak up and, and finish fifth, but that still put us, you know, deep in the field. We had to start 25th there and, you know, out of 43 cars, there's, uh, there's a lot going on. There's some guys that get, uh, they get really good draws that wouldn't typically be starting up front. So um, there's a lot going on for a short amount of time. And then, you know, usually the, the cream rises to the top for the end of the race, but uh, you get 250 laps to get there. So uh, you got a lot of, a lot of stuff to look out for. Over the course of 250 laps, uh, does the track change much as the weather conditions change? I mean, we talk a lot in these long races, you know, not only are you racing the competition, but you're racing the racetrack as well. Is that something that happens in Oxford as, as the race progresses? Yeah, Oxford, it changes a ton. I mean, we had a we had a setup there like two weeks ago. And I mean, that car was like, you know, I felt like we could have probably lapped the field with it. It was so good. I mean, I just kind of rode around. We brought back the same exact setup and, and it was good throughout the weekend. And then Sunday was a, a little bit different. And the start of the, the race, I was I knew it was decent and um I, you know, we started making a little bit of progress, but it wasn't really as good as what I had thought. So we had to make a couple of changes on, on the pit stops there to, to keep up with the track. You know, like you said, it is, it is a long race and you got to just kind of keep working on your car. We ended up pitting twice. We, we pitted for two tires around like 
lap 80, 80 to 90 with uh, Johnny Clark and Bubba and a, and a few others and kind of, you know, march back up towards the front and, and get the leaders in sight there. And then we all, you know, pitted together at lap, you know, 180 or, or whatever it was for the four tires. And, um, you know, the team gave me a, an awesome pit stop. We came out, you know, second there with uh, Eddie Mack and, and uh, you know, then that melee happened and we were able to, to get through that and, and grab the lead and, and then kind of control the race from there. Well, you made the decision to get back behind the wheel, paid off with an Oxford 250 win. Is it safe to say you've got the itch back? Are you going to be racing more this year? Yeah, I was, it was kind of funny. We had some, some guys on the team that hadn't, hadn't raced for a while either. We had uh, Jamie Rulo, who was a, a crew chief forever. Uh, we invited him to, to come hang out with us for the weekend. And, and uh, Andrew's kind of been my crew chief there, has been racing with, with guys all along. But, uh, yeah, him and I were, were fresh out of the box. And I, I, I sent him a post. I said, uh, I think we got the racing, the, the flu bug again. So uh, we'll probably uh, see if we can head up some more races here soon. What's it like working with Scott Tapley? Oh man, he's he, he is he's unreal. I mean that guy. Uh, yeah, I mean he he's in charge of so many different things, and uh, I, I don't know how many people have had him had them uh, spot for him, but he's he's incredible. Uh, so calm and collected, and, and uh, like I said, there's so many close calls and everything to to help us get through that, and and to do it for him too. He lost his dad back in 2017, you know, the week leading up to the race. And uh, he's just like me. He grew up racing at Oxford with his dad. It was his home track, the 250s, you know, our Daytona 500. Um, so, you know, seeing him after the race, he's teared up. You know, I'm teared up. My dad's teared up. Um, that was that was pretty special. I was I was really, really happy to, uh, to, to get that for, for myself, him, you know, everybody involved. It was a pretty special moment for sure. Yeah, and and – and to clarify, you know, he was your spotter and, and he is a race director at so many racetracks up here in, in the Northeast and a lot of the touring series that compete up here. There's few people that can watch every car on the racetrack, every lap, and, and he's one of them. And I wouldn't want anybody else to be a spotter because of that. Yeah, he's uh, he certainly knows his way around the racetrack. And uh, I'm sure if I was doing something wrong, he'd be uh, the first one to, to point it out to me. <laughs> Too funny. Well, of course, that 250 win, always emotional and extra special in this moment. Cassius, thanks so much for taking some time today to chat with us again. Congratulations on that win. It was cool to see your name come across the headlines uh, for the winner of that race. And best of luck, you know, the rest of the year uh, when you make that decision to do some more racing. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Again, guys, that is Cassius Clark, the winner this past weekend at Oxford Plains in the Oxford 250. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll have your Wheel and Engineering Modified Driver Spotlight. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights. Whelan also produces white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Whelan product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on-site to meet the toughest industry certifications. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, trusted to perform since 19. 19- Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at zonepouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone. 
with his own nicotine pouches. Kyle Larson brings his Chevy four tires to no-go racing fuel. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top-tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money's back here for Ryan Blaney, four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. Sir, are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top 9 miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, I did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. Want to experience racing in its purest form? Do you yearn to return to where NASCAR came from? Watch high-banked, full-throttle, super-late-model racing on Flow Racing, September 8th through the 11th. It's the crown jewel of dirt late models at Eldora Speedway with the World 100. This is grassroots racing at its finest. See who will win the globe by subscribing today. Go to flowracing.com world. That's flowracing.com world. Time now for another Wheel and Engineering Modified Driver Spotlight here on NASCAR Coast to Coast. And this week, we're going to talk to not only a driver, but also a promoter at the Stafford Motor Speedway. He wears multiple hats over the course of a race night at Stafford each and every Friday night throughout the summer months. David Arut joins us now. David, first off, thank you for joining us. Yes, thanks for having me. A, uh, a third-generation promoter, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But But first, growing up as a kid at the racetrack uh what was it like for you i guess you probably had no choice but to be interested in short track racing at your family facility there in north central connecticut yeah it was uh it's pretty much not that we were forced to do it but there was no other no other no other childhood really besides racing and uh it's funny when i talk to my friends or my wife they always like bring up childhood memories of like going here going there i'm like no, it was just the racetrack. That's all we did. We we came here on Fridays, worked as kids, came in on Saturday mornings, picked up garbage, and went on for the next week. And uh, it was a, uh, it's awesome growing up here as a kid and seeing all the drivers and all all the the legends that grew grew up here and where they are now and uh, all the great racing over the years and just getting to know everyone here and it's just it's a uh, childhood that everyone that likes racing really wishes they could go through and uh, I would recommend it to anyone to go to a racetrack as a child and get involved. And it's awesome to grow up that way. You gain so many friends here at the races and uh, it's just a, a great, great life. And I, and I feel like all these years later, uh, watching you and your brother, Paul, the garbage detail is still yeah. very much part of the do- job description. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately it still is, but we got to get it done and uh, get a place cleaned up and ready to turn around for the next event. So you also drive at Stafford, and, and yep. for you, your career started, uh, like I feel like everybody in the pits on Monday nights, part of the Wild Thing Carts program. Mm-hmm. How'd you become involved? What got you interested in the driving aspect of it? So uh, actually, when the go-karts first started here, me and my brother weren't going to race. We were there. The uh, go-karts needed a place to race after, I think it was Poughkeepsie shutdown, um, and they came here, and me and my brother sat in the stands. This was... Um, 15 years ago now 
and we were watching them test and we're like oh that's really cool mom and dad we wish we could do that and of course they're like oh we don't want you to get involved with actually racing we want you guys to just be with the promoters not they didn't say that back then but and then it turned into me and my brother sharing a go-kart and it just tumbled downhill from there where we got two cars three carts and just kept moving up the ladder from there and talk about that progression for you uh how much success did you find on monday night so then what ultimately led to your transition to friday night racing on the big track so we, uh, I started off in Junior Outlaws, and it was actually me and my brother, and we were teamed up with the Casagrande brothers, too, at the time. And I was just the worst driver out there. I couldn't even figure out how to not finish last every week. And uh, I wrecked a lot of stuff in go-karts uh, every year I was in it, and I finally moved up to Senior Outlaws when I uh, had to figure it out, kind of. And I got eight wins that year, won a championship, then moved up to the streets, the then Dare Stocks at the time, now Street Stocks. And from there, just kept moving up the ladder system from limited late models, SK lights, and now into the SK modifieds. What brought you in the modified direction? Because your brother, Paul, uh, went and has, is still racing with fenders. You know, he did the limited late models and now has been in a late model for several seasons. You went the other route to the open wheels. Uh, actually, I really enjoyed the full fender racing. Uh, I, I think I got... 11 wins in the limited late models and I was close to winning a couple of championships and the night of the late model 50 before the race me and my dad were talking about how I needed to move up it has been four years in the limited people were starting to complain that I was winning too much and doing good so we're like oh let's move up to the late models and that was the plan and then the late model 50 went out and they had it was 20 cars that race and I think five finished and we looked at each other like we can't enter that like we're going to get destroyed we can't wreck cars every week so that that night we actually decided we're going to try open wheel and that's when i uh went sk light racing and searched around for a while to find a car and actually went down to waterford to test because that was a, a great learning facility where you could get to know the car and possibly not have as much damage as wrecking here at stafford <laughs> you mentioned something a little bit ago about yep. people were complaining that you won too much is that something that you've had to 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 hear a lot over your career there because it is your family's racetrack you're racing on property that your family owns and and now you're very much a part of is that something that you have to hear a lot now as a, the promoter well it's a it's a difficult subject um obviously with me and my brother racing and being the promoters they all everyone thinks that we have uh a favoritism and this we're doing better because we get better products or better parts and stuff and it's difficult to play both sides of the table um over the years i've figured out ways to make it where i can focus more on racing just on that friday afternoon and get all the promoting and the prep work done for the speedway prior to that and that helped out a lot um i'm not doing i'm not out there winning sk races yeah i'm close getting better but the SK division being the premier division, you don't hear as much as much of that anymore because everyone knows all 25 cars that are here every Friday night put the same amount of effort in working their tails off on the cars. And back in the limited days, street stocks, late models, even SK lights, there was a lot of uh, people not happy. With, we had a lot of good finishes. They'd say we're, we're cheating or we get favoritism. And it's just tough to play that role because it kind of beats you up as a racer too when you know you put a lot of effort and people just kind of knock it down as a, oh, you got handed that. And over the years, we've figured out a way to overcome it and just get tough skin. That's all it is. 
you mentioned you've been close to victory lane uh, on the podium earlier this year. Uh, how would you kind of sum up your season thus far? Hard to believe we're just, what, four or five weeks to go here in, in your season. Yeah, it's uh, coming down to the wire real quick here and only a few races left. But this year, I'm really happy with how the year has gone. Uh, we made a lot of gains over this year with consistency. And that's what the biggest thing was coming out of the, the winter. I just wanted to be consistent, be that guy that's fighting for the top five. I know you can't show up and win every race here. It's There's 25 guys that could win here every week. And just to be in the top five or the top 10 consistently, you'll get to that point of the podium and potentially win. And that's where we're at now, where last week I got a top five, the week before it was six, week before it was seven. So we're, we're fighting with those, those top 10 cars, top six cars every week. And we're right there. Just need to need a little more every week, but we're figuring out a way to do it. And it, hopefully we could get one here pulling off and then that'd be pretty awesome. It is a true family affair there at the racetrack. Uh, your parents, your mom and your dad, your, your brother, your wife, all part of, yeah. of what goes on at Stafford every week. What's that like uh, being able to, to work in a true family business? I think it's, uh, it's just rewarding to know that we all work together to put out a product that so many people enjoy, not even that, that are just here at the Speedway on Friday nights that get to watch it on flow racing and to see all the people just talk about it on twitter facebook just emails anything about how much they enjoy the facility for how much work we put in it's really rewarding to see how we're all working together so well third generation i mean some people say that's when it starts to fall apart and everything but it's been really good and we're real happy with how it's going this year has been great yeah there's been a couple hiccups here and there and the weather's been trying to fight us every week but a whole family operation, it's, it's awesome to have it like that and keep it that way. How challenging, and you just alluded to it, have these last two years been? Last year, COVID uh, derailed everything everywhere. Yeah. This year, we've heard a lot about, you know, the Hoosier tire shortages. I mean, it's affected short track racing across the country. Uh, how have you guys been able to overcome everything that's been thrown at you guys the last two years? Yeah. There's been a lot of curveballs and we were at a very low when COVID happened and we were shut down because this is, this is our business. Our income is Friday night racing and people coming through the gates. And when we couldn't do that, there was no income at the time. And we had to find ways to have enough income to keep the property going. And I mean, there's still expenses here when we're not racing. Everyone knows that um, they don't know how much, but it, there's still a lot of expenses and we figured out ways to go about getting income with, I racing or selling apparel and luckily our customers our, our fans supported us by buying the apparel buying going into i racing doing these type of activities that helped us keep keep afloat really during covid and then once we finally were able to work with the state that was huge open back up and then the craziest thing was one year later after we opened post covid was that srx event and it was just complete night and day of from the lowest of lows to the highest of highs of a packed facility, people enjoying themselves. And that was huge for us. And this year is just awesome. And we're, we're able to work around the curveballs, which is difficult, but we'll, we'll find a way. Now you guys have no doubt done a great job each and every Friday night. What's race day like for you as one of the guys behind the scenes that keeps that place running week in and week out? And then obviously you're running in, in the tracks premier division and the SK modifieds. Uh, what is Every Friday, what's your schedule look like? Yeah, it really starts Thursday. That's what I think. And 
preparing myself for the race night is the biggest thing of getting everything in place facility wise on Thursday. So come Friday morning, we don't have to worry about it and getting my race car ready Thursday night and here on property. Um, so then I don't have to worry about getting it here, but Friday morning, I get here around six and just start getting everything in place and checking everything, make sure everything's up and running, cleaning everything. Uh, it's just all over the place really. And by the time two o'clock hits, I try to make sure everything is done and there's nothing we have to worry about. Um, and that's when I start to get in race car mode, but there's never really a time where it's no promoting anymore. There's always times where we have to jump out of both me and my brother, we have to jump out of our cars and go do something to help push the show along, help, help complete the experience for the fans. And that's, it's difficult, but at times it's, it's entertaining. It's fun. I enjoy it. And uh, that's just like what we enjoy doing. And it's all part of the business. And it's got to be pretty easy when, you know, your full-time residence is right over what your left shoulder there. behind <laughs> yeah, the back. Really. You can almost walk to the racetrack from, yeah. from home. David, as always, thanks for joining us here uh, on NASCAR Coast to Coast. And uh, yeah. best of luck to you guys the, these thank next you. four weeks as you wrap up the 2021 season. Yes, thank you for having me on. David Arut, our Wheel in Engineering Modified Driver Spotlight here this week on NASCAR Coast to Coast. Gamers, start your engines. Meet the next generation of racing wheels. The award-winning Logitech G design is re-engineered to dial into your game physics, delivering unprecedented realism. Feel every shift, drift, and hairpin turn like never before. Our latest innovation in force feedback technology connects directly to end-game simulation engines and physics to produce higher fidelity, real-time responses. Through design, engineering, and the love of driving games, Logitech G takes racing simulation to another level. Go to LogitechG.com. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights. Whelan also produces white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Whelan product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on-site to meet the toughest industry certifications. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, trusted to perform since 19. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Citywide to countryside, whatever you drive, wherever you go, Hercules has the value, selection, and industry-leading warranty to get you there no matter where the road takes you. Go to HerculesTires.com. There you can find the nearest authorized Hercules retail location to you. Plus, you can use the tire tracker to find out which Hercules tire fits your vehicle the best. That's HerculesTires.com. Hercules Tires, ride on our strength. 
Over the past weekend, the Arc Menard series took to the Milwaukee Mile for one of their races. And we joke about it, Kyle. We continually joke about it. We're at the point where you can almost flip a coin. And this week, the coin landed on uh, Ty Gibbs, who, guess what? Led all 150 laps and route to yet another win in this Arc of Menard series season. The, the battle for second looked a little different, though. Sam Mayer finished in the second spot. Daniel Dye, Taylor Gray, and Sammy Smith rounded out the top five. It was an Arkham Menards East combination event with the Arkham Menards series. Uh, Corey Heim, who for the last several weeks has either finished first or second with Ty Gibbs, finished in the sixth spot after uh, he made contact with Stephanie Moyer late in the race. He had to battle back and, and finished in the sixth position. Looking at the championship standings, that uh, kind of shook things up a little bit. Ty Gibbs was able to extend his lead to 11 points over Corey Heim, the largest we have seen in the last couple of months. Uh, Thad Moffitt still a, a distant third, a couple of hundred points back. In ARCA East Championship standings, it is Sammy Smith with a 24-point lead over Daniel Dye, 33 back to Mason Diaz. Uh, the next event for the ARCA Menard Series, this coming Sunday at the DeCoin State Fairgrounds in DeCoin, Illinois. They have four races to go in their season. And then for the ARCA Menards East Series, one race left. It's the championship race at the Bristol Motor Speedway in a couple of weeks' time, Thursday night. September 16th. So a uh, double dose of ARCA racing at the famed Milwaukee Mile this past weekend. Elsewhere, uh, some international racing as well. The NASCAR Pinty Series, they were back in action. Circuit ICAR uh, was the first of a scheduled three races this weekend. Kevin Lacroix picked up the race win over Andrew Ranger, LP Dumoulin, and Alex Tagliani. However, the doubleheader on Sunday at the Autodrome Chaudier was rained out and will be postponed at a date to be announced here in the coming uh, coming days. Alex Tagliani, currently the championship point leader after four races by four points over LP Dumoulin and Kevin Lacroix. Their next scheduled race this coming weekend at the Canadian Tire Motorsports Park. We should be there, Hannah, but for the second consecutive week, uh, COVID restrictions are preventing us from being up there with the NASCAR uh, Camping World Truck Series. But uh, the Canadian Tire or the, the Pinty Series will race there at Canadian Tire this Sunday afternoon. And the NASCAR Wheel and Euro Series raced in the rain this past weekend in the Czech Republic. They raced a doubleheader. Uh, Alan Day won race number one. And Victoria Garelli uh, picked up race win number two, his first career win in the NASCAR Wheel and Euro Series. Loris Hazeman has an 18-point lead as uh, they race in a couple of weeks' time with a doubleheader in uh, Croatia. So I believe the first time they've been to that Croatia track here uh, in 2021, first time that they've been there ever for the NASCAR Wheel and Euro Series. Yeah, Kyle, you and I watched a lot of the updates that came out of those races yeah. from the Infield Media Center at Daytona, and uh, we're putting it out there now next year. If anyone needs any help on the NASCAR <laughs> Euro Series circuit, Kyle and I are volunteering our services simply to go on that tour because some of the racetracks and the places they go, absolutely incredible. And... Uh, they race in the rain. Yes. And they'll do more than two laps behind the pace car before they call it a day. We do like that. That is that is good things. I do like when we have the capability of racing in the rain. Makes everyone's job a little bit easier in the grand scheme of things. Uh, someone that didn't have rain was the Cars Tour over the weekend. They went to the Motor Mile. It was a doubleheader event for them, hosting both the Super Late Models and the Late Model Stocks. Carson Quapple won in the super late model division, closing that points gap ever so slightly on points leader Matt Craig and Bobby McCarty, another win for his team in the late model stock division. Kyle, 
guess what? We get to hang out on Friday because I, I will be at Stafford with you. Who uh, yeah, that's, it's going to be a big weekend. Uh, you're coming up, of course. You're going to do, I believe, what, Mr. Dirt Track USA at Lebanon Valley Speedway with the Big Block Modifieds on Saturday. And uh, I guess you're landing in Hartford, which is right near the Stafford Motor Speedway here in Connecticut. So it's going to be a big night. Uh, I may have to go to Lebanon Valley now on Saturday night for, for the Big Blocks. We'll see. A double dose of Hannah and Kyle for the weekend. Again, lots of racing upcoming this weekend that you can pay attention to. Those Canadian Tire, uh, the Pinties at the Canadian Tire Motorsports Park. You can tune in on that via NBC's Track Pass app, uh, as well as all of the streaming apps. Lots of racing and Mother Nature, especially here in the South, looking to cut a little bit of a break over the weekend for some racing. Get out and support your local short track and your local drivers. We'll have so much more to recap next week here on NASCAR Coast to Coast. I'm Hannah Newhouse for Kyle Erke and producers Craig Moore. We'll see you next week here on the Motor Racing Network.